Liverpool 3 0. Call it, take it quickly, Origi! Hello and welcome to the Anfield Central podcast. After a short COVID induced break, we are back and the Reds are winning and we've got a title race on our hands. My name is Luke and I'm joined by James as ever. James, we've been away for a couple of weeks, but things are just looking up, aren't they? What, what a what a mad couple of weeks it's been since we last spoke. Cup finals, title race back on, new signings. It's been, yeah, it's been crazy since we last spoke. Yeah, so I've got plenty to get stuck into, but let's start with, you know, the latest Premier League action, which was a 3-1 win for Liverpool over Norwich City this weekend. And basically with the results as they, they have been over the last few weeks, Liverpool keeping on winning, as I say, we're now just... Um, Six points behind Man City, which could be cut to three points um, with the game in hand. And it just feels like there's a lot more belief in the league, in Liverpool, that this actually isn't over. Yeah, no, it's a bit of a, bit of a strange one. I think we've said for weeks um, that, you know, we'd like to think that the title wasn't over. And we've just kept saying if Liverpool could just match Man City's results and hopefully they slip up, um, it could bring us closer. Um, obviously, they dropped points away at Southampton and they managed to get a draw there. Um, and Conte manages to do, you know, what he did with Chelsea when he went there um, to the Etihad and managed to get a good result there. And it's a bit of a smash and grab then. And it was a smash and grab again um, on Saturday night. But I think what we've always believed that this team can do better and should be doing better in terms of injuries, costing us maybe points here and there over a season. But in the last couple of weeks, you're starting to really see the quality of Liverpool shine through with a fully fit squad, which, I mean, I can't remember the last time we managed to say yeah, everybody was fit in the Liverpool squad. So just maybe it looks like t- things might be just swinging in our favour in terms of like the injuries and the, uh, and the games, the fixtures we've had. But, you know, fair play to the team. They've had to take you know, advantage of them and, and they have. Yeah, there's obviously a, a long, long way to go, but let's look at this game um, in a little more detail. Obviously, you go one nil down um, against Norwich, and you think, you know, at that point we've had missed a few chances already. Simicast had a great chance, didn't he? And, and Salah was causing Norwich's back line trouble, as you'd expect. But you go one nil down, and then the moans and groans kind of start start to come in. But they came back really well, and, and three really nice goals from the front three on the day: Salah, Mane, and Diaz. Yeah, I think to have that front three. Uh, starting it, just the confidence it brings. I mean, let's not get away from the fact Klopp made seven changes for this game, which is a lot when you think about it. Really, Gomez comes in at right back. I can't remember the last time I saw Joe Gomez play at right back. <laughs> then he brings Matic back in after Canate's good performance um, against Inter Milan. Then you go Simicast, Chamberlain, Naby. It's you know. Fabinho gets dropped. You know, there was a lot of changes, and I think in terms of especially playing a game on Wednesday night, then playing a three o'clock game with a completely different team. You know, sometimes it just does take a while for for a team to click. And I mean, when they clicked, they definitely did. I mean, fair play to Norwich. You know, they they took the chances. They had a goal disallowed very early on in the game, which should have been the the one inside for Liverpool. But when that goal goes in, you can't complain the way that Liverpool took control of the game and. You know, if we're being honest, Norwich were probably lucky. It was only three in the end, but it just goes to show a couple of years ago, Liverpool going one nil down at home, you know, to a smaller team. You know, nerves would start to kick in, but 
with this team. Doesn't matter if they're two nil down, one nil down at home. You, you always know there's a chance that this this team can come back. Yeah, and we talk about having the the fully fit squad. Obviously, there was a couple of injury absentees against Norwich in the form of Jota and, and, and Firmino. Fingers crossed that you know Jota's ankle heals in time for for the cup final at the weekend. But just having those options in the midfield as well as as the forward um, the forward line, it just brings. I think it just puts everyone on their toes, doesn't it? It means, you know, you, you know that there's more competition for places. The team isn't picking itself, which it may have been a couple of months ago, particularly the midfielders picking itself, wasn't it, around Christmas time with the amount of injuries and COVID issues there. Harvey Elliott coming back. And I think the addition of Diaz really gave the club a boost. You weren't, we weren't expecting any signings in January. Um, we never really do, but it, it, we've not had a chance to talk about it. But it was just a classic... Liverpool move that we've seen before where absolutely linked with no one and then out of the blue you wake up in the morning and the signing's basically all but done which we've seen in the past I think Fabinho is the obvious example of that isn't he and the addition of Diaz coming into the club and at the same time everyone or almost everyone being fully fit I think it's just got the whole club a real boost because it did look at one stage a few weeks ago that you know the title was probably you know at the back of our minds a little bit because it just looked like City were relentless we might have to concentrate more on the Cups yeah, well, you know, he scored on Saturday. He got an assistant against Cardiff in, in, on his debut. It's been a massive signing. I think we spoke the last time we spoke. We were talking about how good of a signing it would be, how it could change the team. Um, I think you know it, it has been a blessing because with Jota and Firmino out, you're looking at it now and you think who starts as, instead of him in that game? Is it Minamino? Is it Origi? And it is a considerable drop off from. Mm. What, what Diaz can offer. Um, he's looked like a Liverpool, he's been in that Liverpool team for two, three years, the way he's come in, the intensity, the link-up play, the way he's been able. Sometimes he's dropping deep for the ball. Sometimes he's, he's you know, he's arriving into the box when he should. Um, he's not ducking out to challenges and he's pressing really well. So, yeah, it's been absolutely massive. And I think in terms of the squad um, that, that you were on about then, I think every player now is playing for the for the Liverpool careers now. I think everyone's playing for minutes. Um, and there's a sense of being a fan now where you're thinking, you know, there's a case if Liverpool go Mane, Firmino and Salad, you know, the old trio, um, that if Liverpool are struggling, throw Jota on, throw Diaz on. It, it, it's just opened up a completely different um, world for Liverpool now. And for Jurgen Klopp, he's got more options in resting players. Um, like we play Norwich in the FA Cup. You're not going to see Mane, Salah and Jota all play. You might see one one or two, but just does give us a few options now. And I think it gives teams more to worry about because when if Liverpool are losing, usually we just throw a Rigi on and we just try to use him as a target man, really. Try and get him to hold the ball up and link the play. But you throw Jota in and you throw Diaz in it, it you know, the opposition has a lot more to worry about. Yeah, absolutely. That quality off the bench is so pronounced now. We've seen the last few match days that, you know, like Curtis Jones was, was left out of the squad, for example, against Burnley and Joe Gomez has been left out of a couple, Minamino and Origi have been left out of a couple. So players of this quality that will probably start for most teams in the league aren't even getting on the Liverpool bench at the moment. So it's really, really positive. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about another man who will play on that left of the front three then, in Sadio Mane. Obviously, he's had a pretty good um, last few weeks winning the African Cup of Nations and coming back into... Um, the Liverpool team with a goal um, against Norwich and I think sometimes we can overlook 
look, Mane, um, we know how good he was in that title winning season. He was probably, you know, him and Jordan Henderson, probably the two standout players of the year we won the league. Um, the last 12 months or so, he's had a bit of a tough time during last season. Obviously, it was, it was a poor season for Liverpool due to the injuries and stuff, but also Mane and Firmino were particularly not themselves for whatever reason. But with Mo Salah in the team and, and Mo Salah took his game to absolute new levels in the last year or so, best player in the world, arguably. Mane probably just get overlooked a little bit, but that goal against Norwich on the weekend, that now levels his goal tally with John Barnes, who's considered one of the greatest players ever in Liverpool in Liverpool's history. And, and Mane's done it in far fewer games. Um, so in terms of his legacy at Liverpool, when he does leave and when he retires, wherever that day may come, he's got to be regarded as one of the best ever, really. Without a doubt, I think a problem Liverpool have always had since Barnes was he never really had a top quality left winger to cause any right backs problem in, in the Premier League. You know, if you look at Ryan Babel, Albert Riera, um, you know, not the greatest <laughs> left wingers. Um, so to then have somebody like Sadio come in who left wing um, scored the amount of goals that he has scored. Don't think anyone ever envisioned, you know, Mane challenging for a golden boot. Obviously, him, Salah, and Aubameyang all finished tied for, for the for the golden boot a couple of seasons ago. But I think last season everybody started to say, and I think we questioned it at times ourselves. But is this the best Mane? Um, has he has he peaked? Have we seen the best? Is it time to move on? And I think a lot of people saw maybe the signing out of Diaz as this is Mane slowly being shown the exit door and we're getting ready for the transition from Mane to Diaz. But this season has been a, you know, he's been a completely different player and it's the big moments he stepped up like an overhead kick, the way he scored it on Saturday. And I think, you know, a Champions League and a Premier League, if you can go and add a Carabao Cup on Sunday and maybe another trophy again this year, you know, I think goes to cement him is not, not Liverpool's, not only Liverpool's best, best left winger, but he'll go down as one of Liverpool's best players because you know, he's been so vital into Liverpool's, you know, best, you know, couple of seasons since you know, the 80s in terms of winning a league and winning a Champions League. Um, to be so vital in that, I think, you know, um, it needs to be acknowledged. But like you said, I think when you've got a player like Mo Salah, I think it is very to over, very easy to overlook how good he is down the left-hand side and how well he plays with Andy Robertson down that left-hand side because it's, you can easily say that on the, on the days Mane and Robertson, the link up there can be better than Trent and Salah down the other side. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the addition of Diaz as well, if anything, will hopefully kick on Mane even more because he knows that, no disrespect to Origi or, or Minamino, but the quality of Diaz is so is, is, is so much higher than, than those guys. So if Mane is having a few bad games, Diaz is right there breathing down his neck to come in. And I think some of the... Liverpool players have said, haven't they, that seeing Diaz in training, they're already pretty impressed with, with what they've seen. So it's great news there. Um, in terms of the midfield, it's it's chopped and changed a fair bit the last few weeks, um, it's fair to say. But one man that I think has stood out from the rest is Thiago. And we've said many times that if we can keep him fully fit, he's one of the best, if not the best midfielders in, in the Premier League. And when he came off the bench against Norwich at the weekend, I think it just absolutely elevated the quality of that midfield. Um, and do you think now that we're seeing the Thiago that we signed from Bayern and the type of player he really is and what he can really do in the Premier League? 
yeah, I think this season we've definitely seen the best of Thiago, like, like there was at Bayern Munich. I think this is what we all expected to sign last season. Obviously, being good after the best of starts, got COVID and then got injured against Everton and was out for about six weeks. Very stop-start for him. But, I mean, if anyone can, can ping a 40-yard no-look pass to, <laughs> to at any point in a, in a, in a game, especially the, the best league in the world, um, you know, it just goes to show, I think, for for the the minutes we've got out of him, you know, we, we like I said, we haven't got the most out of him in terms of his minutes. But I mean, two back to back performances like that, I thought he was unbelievable again at the San Siro midweek, and then to get dropped and then to to put in that kind of performance when he came off the bench, it's just he sees a pass that nobody else sees. His first touch is unbelievable. The way he can just drop a shoulder. I mean, he did it against James Madison the other week, where Madison came to close him down. And then Thiago just drops the right shoulder and, and just runs away from him. And James Madison just throws his hands up in the air just mm-hmm. as if to say, what else can I do? Um, there's a reason Barcelona wanted him back the summer we signed him. There's a reason he was he's won a Champions League and so many medals in Germany with, with Bayern Munich. Yes, they have a dominant side, but he was always one of the first names on the team sheet. Um, and yeah, he's just been unbelievable this season. Um He's even started to add a little few more goals to his game, um, especially just before Christmas. But overall technique, he's probably the most naturally gifted player that we have at the club in terms of just doing the basics and, and what he can do with the ball at his feet. Um, see something that nobody else sees, but fingers crossed and touch Woody. He can stay fit for the remainder of the season because a fully fit Thiago you know, makes the title charge a lot easier. And what do you think is Liverpool's best midfield at the moment? With everyone's fit, which is a luxury we've not had very much, um, particularly in the midfield areas. And I think everyone will probably say Fabinho and Thiago are absolute must-picks. But who would you give that third midfield spot to? It's changed around a, a little bit. I think the fans generally um, would probably say at this moment in time they'd like to see it go to Naby Keita. And um, I think Jordan Henderson's form has has slipped a little bit, particularly since, since Christmas. But at the same time, you know, the midfield looked a little bit lost against Inter Milan in the Champions League and Henderson came on and did a fantastic job at stabilising it and in some ways really changing the game along with um, Firmino, Firmino and Diaz who also, who also came on. And then there's Harvey Elliott as well who, who's fit again and he start, he started in the Champions League game against Inter. So for you, who would you have as that, that third man if, you know, we have the Champions League final tomorrow, for example? Ooh, I'm going to go... It, it, it is what you said. It's a toss-up for me between Naby and Harvey Elliott. Um, Henderson at all? I, I think with Henderson, it's not... I think Henderson's been unbelievable for Liverpool, but I think his problems this season is I think he's... He got rushed back from an injury too soon for England, and then he's had a long summer with England, and then he's only had two, three weeks off, and then he's thrown straight back into Liverpool team. I don't think he's as fit. He's, this isn't the fittest Jordan Henderson we've seen. And I think that's what his problems have been sometimes this season. I think sometimes he's looked tired when he's running for the ball. His first touches have been loose. Um, I think if you've got Thiago and Henderson, uh, Thiago and Fabinho in the team, I don't think you need another person who's going to run around and press. I think you've got Fabinho who's going to clean everything up as he does. You've got Thiago who's going to spread the ball around think you need somebody else to break the lines and I think you need somebody who's good with the ball at the feet and I think the best two players we've got in the midfield with the ball at the feet dribbling pass players is Naby and it's Harvey Elliott I'd 
with the game amount of game time Harvey Elliott's had this season, I'd probably go Naby ahead of him. But the way Harvey Elliott's come back, you know, the goal against Cardiff and yeah. to be thrown in against Inter Milan, I think he had a good game. You know, he, he didn't do much wrong for an 18-year-old playing your first game in the San Siro. Um, I'd, I'd probably go with them two just ahead because I think if you do have a Fabinho and Henderson midfield, I do think you do become maybe a little bit too pragmatic because Thiago's not the kind of player who's going to burst forward. You know, he's going to want to dictate it from the midfield. So then I think you sort of alienate the front three really and isolate them. And yeah, I, th- I think it's down to them too, really. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see who goes in the final um, against Chelsea next week because that's obviously a one-off game and it might, you know, be make it a bit clearer what Klopp's thinking because with a lot of Premier League games and Champions League games coming on one after other, one after the other, it's kind of hard to tell who he rates really as, as as his best as his best midfield because it's having to rotate all the time because of necessity just because of the amount of games. So, with the final against Chelsea, that would be a really good indication to to see because you imagine it would be the you know the best team playing. So, it'll be really um. Really curious to see who he goes with on on that day. Um, let's have a look ahead then to the next league game, which is against Leeds um, this midweek. If Liverpool win that, three points behind Man City, still have to play City again this season. And obviously there's a lot of football to be played, but basically this is a pretty massive one. Um, under the lights at Anfield on Wednesday, you expect Liverpool to get the win with Leeds' form, but you just never know. They're obviously a, a blockbuster attacking team but they ship goals of fun as well yeah they're they're a funny old team leads this year um last year they conceded a lot of goals scored a lot this year they, they obviously patrick bamford being out for the majority of the season um they've, they've struggled to find the net and you know they have got one of the thinnest squads in the premier league there isn't much squad depth there at all and i think them playing united in the conditions they did on sunday probably gives liverpool a bit more of an advantage can't envision many players not coming off that pitch with a couple of bumps and bruises because, you know, it's it's the first game at Ellen Road with fans in, um, for especially with the they're the biggest rivals, uh, United to lead. So, um, yeah, I think I think we'll see them. Players leads usually do play the play the ball around the back, you know, play from the back as well. Um, try and hit us on the counter with the likes of Dan James and Rafinha, who's you know going to give them pace and width out wide. Um, and it's you know, as we always say with Liverpool when they play at home if you can score within the first 10 minutes it'll make us fans feel a lot easier because then the floodgates do open um, but the longer the game goes on the more nervous you're going to feel because you, the door I'm not going to say the door's wide open obviously City still have the three point advantage no matter you know, even if Liverpool win on Wednesday but the door is ajar a little bit more than what it was a couple of weeks ago. And the last thing you want is the fans to feel the momentum and then to draw 1-1 or 0-0 on Wednesday. And then it all starts to feel flat again. And yeah, Liverpool have just got to seize it now. I know we've got a cup final on Sunday, but I, th- I think you've got to go with the strongest team. You've got to capitalise on it. You know, you've still got to have your Salah and Mane, Diaz up front. Um, there's no chance, there's no room for slipping up now. It's very rare. How many times have we said, just need City to slip up, but we can't see it coming? Well, City have slipped up, so they have to take advantage now. Yeah, you can't see them slipping up too many more times. The the squad they have and the machine-like way that they go about just constantly winning that we've seen in the Guardiola 
era really and obviously City had Everton on, on the weekend so not going to get anything um, we're not going to get but going back to Leeds do you think it's an opposition that suits Liverpool because as you say Bielsa is so fixated almost on the system the system above everything that he often ends up putting you know kind of round pegs in square holes and he's all he's so committed that he never wavers from that that style of play that we've mentioned and that's the type of style that really Liverpool thrive against. We like teams to come and have a go against us because we know that whether it's on the counter-attack or whether it's our high press into win the ball high at the pitch, that's the type of stuff that normally will play into our hands. And Bielsa is not one that really changes his philosophy or changes his style depending on the opposition. So it could be a, you know, it could be a cricket score for Liverpool. It wouldn't surprise me if it was, um, to be honest. I think I think this is where Bielsa does get a lot of plaudits from neutral fans and especially with his team down there is, you know, teams like, no disrespect, Newcastle, Norwich, Watford, these teams all go to the bigger teams. They know they're going to get beat, but they still put, you know, 10 men behind the ball. Leeds probably go, Bielsa probably knows his team are going into them games. They're probably going to get beat. But at least if they give it a go, at least you haven't waited 90 minutes to get beat one nil. At least you've, you know, you've you've given it a go. And I think you know we've seen it this season where they've been, you know, they've been battered by Arsenal, been battered by City, United. On Sunday, like you said, the philosophy never changes. It's it's push up high up the pitch. It's play the ball out from the back. It's it's pressing from the front, and that's where we see Liverpool thrive. It's the same with anybody who plays a back three against Liverpool. You just know what's coming because Liverpool love to play against the back three yeah. um, and they love playing against anybody that presses them. And I think if you can say to Jurgen Klopp, which type of team would you love to play every week? It'd definitely be, you know, with the way Leeds play, the way Bielsa plays. And I think it's, it's credit to Bielsa to, to stick with what he, he knows. So many managers would have just collapsed by now and said, right, we're just going to put everyone behind the ball and just try and get a point here or there. But the way he plays, the way the conditions are up in the northwest with, with the weather, and it, yeah. it, this could be, it could either go one way, it can either go four, five, six nil, or it could be a nil nil. But that's the thing with Leeds, you just never know um, with them. And yeah, it's I'm not really looking forward to it. I will be ten minutes in if we're two nil up, but <laughs> just just going into it the way that Leeds play, it does it does throw a potential banana skin into it. I think that every game that Liverpool have now as well. There's, so, there's going to be so much nervousness because we know that the standard that Man City and Liverpool have set over the last four or five years is so high that anything other than winning every, literally every game feels like a loss. And it's really like do or die stuff. So, you know, fingers crossed that it plays into our hands. And I think it, it probably, you know, it probably will. Um, Leeds don't keep clean sheets really. So I think there'll definitely be goals in the game and we've been defending pretty, you know, pretty well lately. But in terms of team selection then, obviously we rotated a lot for this for this Norwich game, but I imagine that we'll go back to full strength or close to full strength for this one with the, you know, with the cup final on Sunday, you don't want players going into the cup final cold. So you expect it to be basically man for man, Liverpool's best team? Yeah, I expect it to be, to be the best team, I think. A good indication of what Jurgen Klopp was probably thinking of doing for these next two games. Probably we saw everything in that Norwich game. I think it was rest as many as you can for the Norwich game and then go for it 
in the next two. Obviously, Allison's going to play because um, Kelleher's going to play the final. Um, I think you've got to keep that front three playing. Um, you've got to keep Salah on form. Mane's, you know, there's no point in letting your attacking players score and then taking them out for a game and then throwing them in for a game. Like you said, it's a cup final. You need to keep, you know, your players on the toes. Um, and I think, like I said, for Liverpool to potentially only lose two games all season and not win the Premier League, it, it, it's crazy to think. So we've got to keep going full strength, maybe in the FA Cup when we play Norwich in a few weeks. Yes, rest plays for that. But I think in the league now that City have slipped up, I think you've got to go full strength every game now. I don't think you can start taking your eye off the ball. Um, because like you said, if we start dropping players, yes, I, I think our squad depth has improved a lot because players have come back from injury. But City, let's not forget, still have two starting 11s that would probably finish in the top four pretty easily. So um, our rotation isn't the same as their rotation. But yeah, I think you've got to go full strength for this one. Yeah, I think in many ways, obviously it's not, it's not a positive thing, but Jota's and Firmino's injuries that they've picked up means there'll be, Klopp will probably feel that he can have a bit more consistency in those front three positions for the next few games. And there's kind of hopefully the momentum carries on that we've seen recently with Salamane and, and Diaz. I think that'll probably be the front three against um, against Leeds on, on Wednesday. But in terms of the, the goalkeeping situation, you mentioned it briefly there about obviously we know already that Keller is likely to play the final on Sunday unless anything ma- massive changes. But do you think that Klopp may give him this Leeds game? Because as I say before, you don't really want players going into a final cold and particularly a goalkeeper. If, he's, if he doesn't start against Leeds, then his last game will have been that, that Arsenal semi-final um, or the Cardiff FA Cup game, um, rather, which was, you know, a good... By the time the final rolls around, that would be a good three weeks or three weeks ago, wouldn't it? So he needs, in my opinion, I think, given the Leeds game and obviously you need to go, you want your best team and you don't want to take any unnecessary risks, but Klopp's already kind of taken unnecessary risk by playing he's not his best goalkeeper in the final anyway. So for me, I think we spoke about it before on here and I think you you, it was, um, you mentioned it as well, but I think personally playing against Leeds, playing against Chelsea and then hopefully, you know, he has a good game against Leeds and or he doesn't have a lot to do and Liverpool win it quite comfortably. But I think I'd be more comfortable with him at least having 90 minutes before the biggest game of his life. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one because... You know, Cop announced publicly that he was going to play, and it, it it wasn't kept hidden indoors. Where if Klopp changes his mind for whatever reason, it's not going to look as bad. Um, yeah, I mean, even in that Cardiff game, there were some moments for Kelleher where it did look a bit. Is you know, he was coming out for the ball. He could have easily been sent off, and a couple of his clearances, he was slicing them. And yeah, I don't want that version of Kelleher being thrown into the into the final. I think, you know, he's, he's done brilliantly well when he's when he's had to play. Um, even at Stamford Bridge when we drew 2-2, yeah. the two goals that Chelsea scored, there was no way he was stopping them. You know, they yeah. were absolute screamers. And um, for the rest of the game, he made some, some really big saves. Um, but I can't see... The, the worry for me is I can't see Chelsea resting any of the front three. You know, they're going to go full strength and... Yeah, for sure. That 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 is what worries me. They're not going to throw Kepper in because Kepper's played most of their cup games. You know, they're going to have Mendy in goal, and I think we've seen it a few times over the years where 
you know, the, was it Heredio Gomez for Watford? They let him play and I think they got beat 6-0 in the final and they didn't play their best. It, it, at the end of the game, if Liverpool don't win, the first question all the fans are going to have is why didn't he start Allison? Because I think this year, especially you know, the last couple of games, probably the best Allison we've seen. He's made some big saves. Yeah. Obviously, his distribution, he gets the assist on, on Saturday for Salarin. I've got faith in Kelleher. You know, I think he, he has proven that you know he can play um, in Premier League games, but to be thrown into a cup final in front of all them fans at Wembley, I just for him, I hope it goes well. But if you're going to play him, like you said on Sunday, you have to play him on Wednesday. You can't just throw him in against Chelsea. He needs to play. Um, and I think we'll sort of get a little bit of taste. If he's still a bit jittery on Sunday, uh, I don't know if Klopp might uh, might try and rethink it. Yeah, it's it's. I wish you almost wish he hadn't said anything. You know, just kept it to himself, or even just told Kelleher at training, or, or had a discussion that we don't know about. Because I feel like there's going to be so much pressure on him on Sunday. Like you say, if we lose one nil, and it's a, it's an. I can't imagine him. You know, I probably don't want to jinx it, so true. But I can't imagine him him making a huge like carrier style clanger. However, <laughs> you know, there might be a moment where. It's not necessarily completely his fault, but maybe he could have done a bit better or Alisson would have saved it, you know, a moment like that potentially where you don't want those doubts in your head looking back, thinking if Alisson was in goal, he would have saved that, for example. Alisson's the best keeper and, you know, one of the best keepers in the league, one of the best keepers in the world. So Keller's never going to be able to, probably never going to reach that, that level. But, and there's goalkeepers in the Premier League who... <laughs> wouldn't be able to make saves that Alisson makes. But we we have him. We have the luxury of having a goalkeeper of that class. So I think we should... Personally, I think it's not the right thing to do to not play Alisson in the final. <clears throat> I'm just always of the belief that if you're in a final, you play your best team no matter what. That's just what I think. That's just my opinion on it. I just think that's what you should do. So I think it just brings on unnecessary pressure onto Kelleher and onto... You know, the back four as well. I know that we've got a pretty settled back four at the moment and with Van Dijk in there, there's always a kind of sense of calm, but you just don't want any doubts. I just think you just don't want any doubts at all when it's a final. Um, but obviously Klopp's probably thinking you need to show these young players that there's a reward for their good performances and their hard work. And that's the other side of the other side of it. Kelleher is probably good enough to play every game for a mid-table Premier League team. Um, he could you know, he'd probably play in the Premier League for the likes of Norwich or Watford or even higher up the table, like a Newcastle or something. He could do that quite easily. He could <clears throat> want, he could say to Klopp, I want to, I want to leave because I want to play every week. But he's a fantastic guy to have as a deputy to Alisson. He's a, probably one of the best number twos you could ask for, really. He's um, came through the academy and maybe, you know, long term he would be an Alisson replacement when, whenever that, that happens. But yeah, I just, there's just part of me that's just worried that it could, it could all go, it could all go horribly wrong, but um, we'll, we'll see what happens. In terms of, of the final then and, and, and Liverpool going forward this season, you imagine that we're going to go full strength in almost every match because we're competing on multiple fronts. But one thing I just wanted to discuss a little bit is, is the centre-back um, situation. The team, our best team pretty much picks it you know, you could probably go through the whole squad and, and pick Liverpool's best eleven. But the last few weeks, I think that it's got a little bit more ambiguous who Van Dijk's best central defensive partner is out of Joel Matip and 
Ibrahima um, Kanate. Obviously, it's a fantastic you know problem to have in, in many ways because they're both excellent centre-halves. And I just think that from the start of the season, I think everyone's been in agreement that Matip is absolutely Van Dijk's best partner. And he's not really done put much put a foot wrong um, in recent weeks. But there's just been a couple of performances where he's looked a little less assured and a little more, a few more mistakes that have crept in every now and again. Um, I don't know if it's just, you know, players go through um, dips in form every now and again, or he's, Matt, it's probably not used to playing this many games because normally he has three, <laughs> three games and then the six games out. But Canate's performance in the San Siro was so impressive. I think he was probably the best player. He was probably Liverpool man of the match. Um, and he's had a few like that where he's not played for a while because Van Dijk and Matic's a partnership and they'll play almost every game. And then he'll come in randomly. They did it against Man United away when we win 5-0. There's another example. And there's you know, a few examples of where he's just came in and he's just looked absolutely immense. And when you consider his age as well, it's just really, really positive for the future. But I'm just wondering if... Now we're starting to think, should Kanate be starting more regularly as Van Dijk's regular partner, or you'd still you'd still think that that's Matip's position for the time being? It's a it's a tough one and it's a decision I'm glad I'm not making because I think John Matip has I mean, if we're talking about James Milner as an unbelievable free sign, and I think we've got to talk about John Matip in the same breath. Um sure. I think, uh, you know, it was it was Gomez and Van Dijk, wasn't it? The, the year we won the Champions League, it was them two and, and Matip couldn't break his way in. And then Gomez got injured uh, away at Burnley. And then Matip, then it's just, you've not been able to get him out the team. He, he played all the way up to the final. And then you went into the next season when, when Liverpool won the league and you thought, right, he's going to go back to Gomez now and Matip will go back to the bench. And then Matip plays the full season again and was unbelievable and like I said, you can't get him. I, I think having Kanate in there, I think we've seen the best Sean Matip this season, beginning of the season. I know what you mean with the recent couple of weeks where he hasn't looked as confident and as assured at the back. But it, you can put that down to, again, is does he know when he's playing? Does he know when Kanate... Because Kanate's been thrown in for, let's be honest, some pretty random games, to be honest. Like, he's not... He's, he got thrown in against United, thrown in against Chelsea, thrown in at the San Siro and, and, and playing the Champions League games and, and Cup games. So I think Matip probably wants to know that he's playing every week. He wants to be assured that he's got, you know, get his mind ready to say, right, I'm playing this week. Trains well, prepares well. Um don't know what it is, but I think with Canati at the moment to get him for only 36 million, I think Liverpool have got an absolute steal there because, like you said, Thiago was sublime on on Wednesday. I think it was probably the best Van Dijk we'd seen all season, but still everybody came away from that game talking about Canate. So um, I think if Chelsea go with Lukaku, which they probably will do, even though he isn't in the greatest form, then I think you go Canate just because of how quick and how strong he is. I mean, Matip did well against him um, earlier in the season at Anfield. Uh, wasn't bullied by Lukaku. But I think if you know, Matip is having these little shaky moments at the moment, I think you've got to go with the guy who's in the better form. Um, and that, that is definitely Canate in, in, you know, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see who he goes with on Wednesday against Leeds. Um, Matip obviously came back in for Norwich didn't he, after that Canate performance. But I think whoever he goes with on Wednesday will probably be the, the, what he goes with 
for the final itself. So before we go, let's talk a little bit more about that final. Um, it's pretty, probably Liverpool's biggest game of the season, obviously with silverware up for grabs. Um, and it would be really nice for Klopp to add a domestic trophy to his, to his collection, wouldn't it? Because throughout the kind of last five years, the Guardiola-Klopp rivalry era, however you want to describe it, more, you know, more often than not, the bulk of the silverware has gone City's way. We've obviously had some fantastic moments and with the Champions League and then the league the year after, won the two biggest cups we could possibly win. But the quantity has obviously been more um, towards Guardiola, Guardiola and City. Um, and I think just for Klopp's, even if Klopp, you know, leaves now and this is all he's won, he's, you know, his legacy is always going to be intact as one of the greatest Liverpool managers ever or the best Liverpool manager of the modern era because he delivered that league title and then another Champions League but I just think it would just be nice for him to add a bit more silverware to the cabinet Yeah I totally agree with you I think it was Jamie Carragher said maybe a couple of weeks ago that if Klopp only leaves Liverpool with you know the Champions League and the Premier League yes there's the Super Cup and the World Club Cup um, you, you can't disregard them but it's just them two, then the team he's built, it's 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 a lot less than what they should have won. Now maybe that's because Klopp's disregarded the, the Carabao Cup and, and the FA Cup. He's always gone for the Champions League and the Premier League. Um, but I think in terms of the title race, I think this could be huge. I think if Liverpool win this, the momentum from winning a trophy early on in the season to them winning. It's, it's that winning mentality they've got silver word you've got the medal around your neck and then you go on again I think we've seen it work for City I mean City are an unbelievable side anyway you know we've seen it over the last they've won that four of the last five Premier Leagues but in those seasons they've always won the Carabao Cup first yeah. and then they've gone on another stretch of results and I just think to have you know the likes of because there's the there's a couple of lads in there who, have, who haven't won a trophy with Liverpool. You know, Thiago um, is in there. And, you know, Diaz is just, I mean, for Diaz to come into the team and to get a, a winner's medal only three weeks after signing for the club, four weeks after signing, you know, absolutely massive for him. Um, and then, you know, it, it's what Liverpool Football Club is all about. It's all, it's all about picking silverware up and challenging and winning titles, you know, domestically and um, in Europe. Um, but I think in terms of the, Yes, it, it would be absolutely massive for Liverpool to win it. Klopp to get another medal. It's a trophy. It's a, a trophy that he failed to win in his first season, and you know, we seem to have come full circle. There's none of those players apart from Henderson in that team. It was a completely new team. It's his team um, to go full circle to get to another final um, would be great. But I think in terms of a title challenge, I think it'd be even bigger. Yeah, I think over the years we've seen obviously Guardiola, they've kind of cleaned up in this competition, haven't they? But also Mourinho, uh, Chelsea and the Ferguson at United, they'd always, once you get that that early trophy in the cabinet, just because the final of this one is, is a lot earlier in the year um, than the rest, that psychological boost is massive. And I think another thing that would be nice is because we're playing Chelsea and Tuchel's obviously done a fantastic job since taking over from Lampard and won the Champions League within six months. So what more you know, can you ask for if you're a Chelsea fan? But there's been a few kind of, I mean, we shouldn't set much weight over social media rubbish, as we've said before, but a few kind of Chelsea fans kind of point pointing out that Tuchel won a, you know, or oh, we won a Champions League in six months and it took Klopp however many years to win a trophy at Liverpool. But 
we know that no situation is identical and the Chelsea team that Tuchel took over was obviously had a huge amount more talent in it than, than the Liverpool team that, that Klopp inherited. But it would just be nice, I think, for, you know, for that side of things, just to be like, you know, we're st- we've still got the best <laughs> manager, to, um, even if it's just for some social media ego boost for, for Liverpool fans. Yeah, I, I saw that comparison. Um, and I just, you know, you look at Chelsea's starting 11 and it's costing about 400 million. And Klopp's first starting 11 has got Colo Torre, Joe Allen. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's just not comparable. But yeah, I think Tuchel, like he said, won the Champions League in his first six months. And you can't, you can't argue with that. He then follows it up with a Super Cup and, and the World Club Cup. I mean, that World Club Cup obviously gets disregarded, but. You've got to go there. You've got to win the games. You've got to represent Europe. And, and that's exactly what Chelsea did. Exactly when we won it. Um, when you're in it, you want to win it. When you're not, you don't really care about it. Um, it was tough for them but, as well. because It was tough like us. We had to go to extra time to beat Flamengo. And, and, and Chelsea, you know, they were taken all the way to extra time as well. So people disregard it and say, you, you know, it's easy to win. But in recent history, Liverpool and Chelsea have both had a quite a tough time against those South American teams as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they scraped through the first game in extra time um, and they, obviously they win the second game in a similar fashion. So I just think um, with Tuchel is, at the moment, I, I don't think Chelsea are in the greatest. I mean, they're the, the winning games, but they're not blowing, you know, they're not blowing teams away 3-0, 4-0, which is what we expected of them, especially when they signed Lukaku. Um so this could be the turning point for Chelsea, where you know they win the cup and they go on a you know, on a run of games. It, you know, there's, there's pros and for, you know, there's reasons for both sides to to win it, and how important it is. I think you know a couple of years ago, if we had said a Carabao Cup could define Liverpool and Chelsea seasons, <laughs> I think a lot of people you know would have said you're mad because you know, those two teams haven't really took it serious over the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, I think to have Klopp. To, to beat Tuchel in it, I think, like, like you said, winning the Champions League, I think a lot of rival fans, not even Chelsea fans, just like United fans and neutral fans, was, you know, putting Tuchel above Klopp in terms of the best managers in the league. And I think, obviously, whoever comes out on top here, I think, would have the greater argument. I mean, we know it's Jurgen Klopp anyway, but just in terms of the neutrals, I think it gives Jurgen Klopp a, a stronger foothold to say, well, he only needs to win the FA Cup now and he's won every domestic cup he could have possibly won with Liverpool. So, yeah, it's absolutely massive. And just before we go, how would you handle the Diogo Jota situation? Obviously, Liverpool are hopeful that he'll be available for Wembley on Sunday. There's no word yet if he'll be involved against Leeds, but obviously we know he took a bit of a blow to the ankle against Inter Milan and the swelling is worse than first feared. Jota's probably Liverpool's best, well, he is statistically Liverpool's best goal scorer after Salah this season. Um, so if he is fit to play on Sunday, do you start him or do you use him as a pretty handy weapon off the bench given that he may, you know, it may be his first piece of action for a, a week or so? I think if, if, if he was, if there's any chance he could play on Sunday, maybe give him 15, 20 minutes on Wednesday night, if he doesn't play on Wednesday or get any game time, then I'm sort of taking it as he's not fit enough to play in the final, um, which then, like we were talking about before with squad rotation, you've still got Diaz Mane and, and Salah to play up front. So, it, you know, it's, it, it, 
it's a bit it's a big blow because I think Jota's been Liverpool's most well, the Salah as well, but when obviously he went to the African Cup of Nations and Mane, he carried the club on his back really. Then two goals in the Carabao Cup semi final <laughs> against Arsenal. Yeah, scoring against Brentford. Uh, you know, and and in the the uh, FA Cup against Cardiff to take the lead. He's been absolutely massive for us this season and as much as I'd love him to play in the final because his performances have deserved it in terms of the rest of the season, you don't want to rush him back and then he, he you know makes the injury worse on wet on Sunday. Um, but a forward line of Diaz, Mane and Salah, I'm still very confident that we can beat Chelsea on Sunday and I think that's what Klopp will look at. Does he feel confident in that front three being able to beat Chelsea? If the answer is yeah. Um, then I don't, I don't think there's a need to risk Jota as much as we all we'd all love him to uh, all love to see him play. Yeah, and there's Firmino as well. Obviously, we don't know the extent of Firmino's in, injury. We, he was missing against Norwich, but hopefully he's at least back on the subs bench on Wednesday. Um, and the options are, are looking much better. But like you say, we just don't want to risk making it worse. Um, you want to win at all costs a, a final, but there's a lot of the season yet to be played. So the very worst thing would be to play him half fit, and you know makes it worse and he misses however many weeks in the future so we will see but um thanks for your time as always james that's everything for this week oh thanks for having us again and uh yeah it's been a long time since we last spoke and um hopefully the next time we speak liverpool got a trophy in the cabinet fingers crossed we'll be back next week after the final to discuss like james says hopefully another trophy for liverpool football club as well as all of the latest goings on from team um but until then you can still get plenty of content from us on our website at anfieldcentral.co.uk and on twitter at anfield underscore central but until then thank you and goodbye